1: Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Sweden, but it's not Sweden that we're talking about right now. It's actually what's been taking place in the U.S. I have a friend of mine that we've known each other for several years. I've been to his church, really love him. He's been with me in China as well, Uh, Pastor Mark. Hey, Pastor Mark, you still there with us?
0: Yeah, I'm here. Happy to be here with you.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for for coming on and being with us at Back to Jerusalem. I know that this is, I think, the first time we've ever had you on the Back to Jerusalem podcast. Uh, Can you just introduce yourself really quick for people that have never heard of you before?
0: Sure. Well, let me begin by saying I love Back to Jerusalem and everything that your whole team is doing within the expression of Back to Jerusalem um, I've pastored for over 37 years now in San Diego. Um, we do missions all over the world. Right now our focus primarily is Kashmir, even though we're still very active in Nepal. In fact, all of this ruckus is actually we had to shut down our pastor's conference that was going to be in the northern regions of Nepal, uh, which I was looking forward to, but we're going to get back to it if they'll open up uh, travel again here at the end of April. Um, And I've known um, and been a part of, you know, at least two different expressions of Back to Jerusalem uh, since about 2002. And so really love and appreciate you guys.
1: And we love you as well. We love being at your church. We love the fellowship. We love the connection. Uh, Every time we've been there, it's just been such an amazing time and uh, love your faith. Love, love everything about your church. I mean, I've also traveled with your sister Geneva and, uh, and her husband and also just an awesome couple. Yeah, they are. Yeah, you know, um, one of the reasons why I love having you on right now is that, you know, the coronavirus, we've been actually dealing with this since early January inside of China. Uh, we were some of the first people to kind of report on it and talk about what was taking place as a ministry, anyway. Uh, just because the churches that we work there work with in Wuhan were giving us daily updates and telling us about everything, and and uh, we started to see areas just shut down really quickly as the virus spread. And now that it's in the U.S., it's been interesting to watch how the Christian community has reacted and um just i think uh, a few days ago on march 4th i believe it was um there was a restriction of travel um in the us uh, specifically focused on california california issued a state of emergency on march 4th, on march 4th and then just a few days ago on march 19th They gave a mandatory statewide stay-at-home order, um, and I saw that many of the churches went online at that time. But your church decided that you guys were still going to meet, and you had put some things up on social media about that, and I saw you started taking a lot of flack from different directions from people that felt that, you know what, right now Christians should stay at home
0: yeah and it's just so tragic to me it's so hurtful to me because you know i really truly look at it as a reproach against jesus because that the church we are the only representation of christ jesus in the earth and jesus is far more today than what he was when he was manifested in the flesh 2000 years ago now he has been uh, glorified with his eternal glory, made King of Kings and Lord of Lords, placed in authority above all other things, given the church to be the fullness of him that fills all things, declared to the church in fallible word that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church, given us two immutable things that we should absolutely have for a great certainty his word and his promises. And what we see here is that the leadership in America, especially the USA, has really failed to do their job and instill within the people of God a great confidence, a great assurance in who Christ Jesus is today and the authority that he has over all things. I mean, once again, the church is supposed to be the cure for every Spiritual problems, very problems, spirit, soul, and body of man, and unfortunately, folks within the leadership of the church has actually abdicated under a suggestion, not under a pain of death, not under a pain of some real, um, you know, penalty of law, because the reality of it is 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 barely is barely uh, more than a recommendation at this point. And it wasn't so much for me that people were just rolling over to the the rights and privileges that we have expressed in the Constitution, which is the law of laws. What was problematic to me was those who are supposed to be able to stand up and, and stop this plague and stand between the living and the dead ran for the hills. They ran for cover. And if we are not the cure to the social and moral ills of society, if we're not the cure to the plagues, then there is, we, there is no one who can be that uh, unless we certainly ab- abdicate, which it looks like we've done, over to the words of men and of science. And, you know, I'm just not going to stand for it.
1: Your background is not a typical pastor's background i mean uh when you were in university um you you studied science right or or what was your background
0: yeah yeah i did i did i you know basically i've spent many years in molecular biology and immunology and i have a quite a bit of experience you know, an infectious disease. I worked for hybrid tech because I was bivocational bio I worked in the biotech. So one of them was an antibody uh you know company and, and then I worked for Eli Lilly, a very famous pharmaceutical company, and then another biotech company that was actually uh developing a uh, uh a vaccine against tuberculosis so yeah i i've spent a lot of time in science and I've, certainly it has its place but there's nothing more powerful than the word and promises of god and the authority that has been given to the believer to cast out devils <laughs> lay hands on the sick and they should recover
1: yeah, one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up is because I mean, when you see a biological threat, I mean, you are able to see the spiritual side of it as a pastor, but you also see the physical side of it as well. I mean, the the uh, you know from the from your background, I mean, you can see the threat, and it, and and you know, faith is not ignorance, but you are able to measure the threat that you are actually facing. And so you, yeah. by by you standing on the word of God, I find extremely unique because it's it's not that you're standing on the word of God because you're ignorant. You're standing on the word of God because you've seen both worlds. I mean, you you understand the science, yeah. you understand the biology, and you understand the power of the spirit as well. Yeah,
0: and, and no, it's just true because. You know, I I don't want to, you know, say something really self-serving, but in all honesty, you know, after my so many years in biotech and doing, uh, you know, discovery research, not just applied research, but discovery research, and there may be some of your listeners who know the difference, and especially for a company like Eli Lilly, I've come to know and be acquainted with many people who actually know more about COVID-19 and the various facets of this particular virus than than at least anyone in the world and at least as much as anyone in the world and what my contention is here you know even though it is very infectious it's probably about 10 times worse than influenza um the reality of it is the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter twenty-four and verse seven that we know that there is going to be famine, there's going to be plagues of diseases, and there's going to be earthquakes, and we can understand it in that context that it's going to be like a, a, a woman in travail, where the those contractions come closer and closer together. And the reality of it is, is we simply aren't prepared in terms of the church to stand in the face of these things and really live out psalms 91 where 10,000s 10, 10,000 fall by our side and it does not come near us that is an active relationship of believing God's word exalting God's word above everything above i mean when you got 10,000 people drop dead right around you that is one scary situation and the only ability To not be taken by that fear is this faith that comes out of an intimate relationship and assurance in who God is for us. And so my alarm isn't so much about the epidemiology of COVID-19. My alarm is about the sickness Spiritual sickness that actually exists within the church that is supposed to be the ones that stand between the dead and the living when there is a plague, the ones that are supposed to call humanity into the light uh, and revelation of who Jesus is in times like this to be the salt and preservation as well as the hinderer of iniquity uh, when we're dealing with all of these events and, and I am just overwhelmed at the faithless response and, and it has startled me and it has also, you know, created a, a, a fire on the inside of me just to speak that much louder.
1: Uh, let me ask you this, Pastor. What has been the reaction of your church, the elders, the, the members, um, at uh, your refusal to, to, to stop services?
0: Well, the good news is that my church has been uh, being taught to follow Jesus Um, Every time we get together, they are built up in the faith. They know who they are in Christ Jesus. Um, I have a church full of clinical scientists and medical scientists as well as educators. So I fortunately have watched a group of people who are as familiar, if not more so, with the realities and the issues stand in a place and greater confidence that Christ Jesus is in control and that his authority is active right now and so I've got folks uh, that well one particular person who actually works in the ICU these guys are all of them are primarily your first responders um, with respect to medical science and some of them are actually researchers in clinical science and Every one of them has stood with me and uh, and are fired up, and I think that if I did anything less than I'm doing, uh, that they would be very very disappointed in me. So they're not just following; they're standing alongside.
1: That's that's amazing. Uh, have you have you had any orders from the state? Have you has anybody given you a call from? Uh, the from California state um, uh, representatives or the governor's house uh, asking you or telling you or local authorities, police, anyone calling you and telling you that you need to cease and desist uh, any services?
0: No, we haven't, but we're prepared for that. I mean, our response would be first and foremost a biblical response Um, And then we would also give them a response that helps them understand that we are a very knowledgeable community of people that, you know, we have, um, you know, as I said, a lot of folks in our community who really are the first responders in the hospital. And we would just basically do everything we could do um, to try to just assure them on the basis of things that they can know and understand. Um, And then we have... Um, you know, several lawyers in the church too, especially one a constitutional lawyer, and we would just, you know, basically stand up for our right if if they couldn't understand anything else, our right in terms of the law that is above all laws, and that's the Constitution. And um, you know, we're, we, we would—that's our privilege here in the United States of America that a lot of other countries don't have. And and uh, we would certainly n- not back down. You know, for me, I look at, at the Church of China. Uh, I look at the church and other, you know, very um, difficult areas of the world. And, you know, they have stood uh, the test and stood up to uh, the honor Christ Jesus and the authority of his word and of the church on such an amazing level. It is a uh, certainly, you know, a... Uh, a banner for all of us to look at and follow and i'm you know i'm just not going to be i'm not going to be fearful i'm not going to be coward here's what i know i know that as long as we stand with the lord he's standing with us and he's going to take care of this and work miracles for us whether it's miracles in dealing with the infectious disease or miracles in dealing with the authorities we're going to have favor I'm going to, I, my position is I can prove to you, Christ Jesus, I can prove to you his healing power, and I can prove to you his protection power, protection, and, I'm, and we're here to offer that to a very fearful uh,
1: society. One of the things that I loved about your social media post was that you had really you know in just a couple sentences said that you know the the governor of California has said that all non-essential travel is, is should be canceled but that the church was an was an essential part of travel. And uh, there is a pastor that you know we are based out of Baton Rouge. We've been based out of Baton Rouge for a while. And uh, there's a church right down the road from our from our office. Uh, called Life Tabernacle Church there in Baton Rouge. We know the church pretty well. Pastor Tony Spell was told by the Governor of Louisiana that he had to stop his services because they made it illegal to have a congregation of any, or any gathering of more than fifty people. So the sheriff showed up at, during this last Sunday service and they were told that they had to disperse. And uh, this pastor has been basically making the same argument, which is, this is not, we are not this this little cute thing that takes place, you know, as a hobby for people on Sundays, but you know, leave the real challenges to the government officials or to the the, the guys in the state house. Um, we are an essential part of our community. We are here you know, for the medical workers that are absolutely emotionally and physically drained. We are here for those that are losing their jobs, those that are facing troubles in their marriage. We are a light in the community that is needed during the hardest times, if ever. And so we cannot close our doors when people need us the most, and so the governor had said, you know, well, we're going to be calling in the national guard, and the national guard officer had replied and said, you know, um, that we haven't been contacted by the governor, but even if he did, and he said a few words, but coded, he basically said, over my dead body, I'm not going to be enforcing a, a church to to That's close good. their doors. Yeah, I thought was was great, and of course, there's not a legal standing for that governor to stand on, um, uh, no. to go against that the church. But what I loved about the pastor and what I love about about you is that you guys are both sharing that this is essential this is what we do is uh, is like the air that we breathe it it is a part of who we are at our very essence and when you take that away you take away our lives we don't have life outside of the body of christ and um and and this is something that i think the world uh and and even some christians as, as you're starting to see um, may not fully understand, sadly.
0: Well, it's it's become obvious. The light has shown upon it. It's become obvious that they don't. That there's. Uh, I'm discovering. I knew in my heart that it was true, but I, you know, until you be- face the reality, you kind of lay, you know, you know, hold out for a hope. The reality of it is, though, people in the church, many, many people in the church, it as it's become obvious because I am taking a lot of flack for this. And so are other pastors who are standing they, with us in this. That People, by and large, do not believe that we are the power of God in the earth. And that if we abdicate, then there is no means by which Father can then express his loving kindness, his tender mercies, his grace for spirit, soul, and body for the human race. And we don't recognize the high and lofty place that Father has placed us in Christ Jesus Right now, at the right hand of the Father, and being the church that is supposed to be the fullness of him that filleth all things. And, you know, it's like, I'm thinking, my goodness, it, COVID-19 isn't that bad. Imagine a modification of smallpox or, or something else that would literally take out hundreds of millions of people before you could ever have an answer from science, from medical science. And here in, you know, it's like it's for me, this is like a fire drill. It's a wake up call. And it's once again, a time and opportunity for us to confront people about who they believe Jesus is, is he present with us is he the same yesterday today and forever are the same authorities that he gave to the church as is described in the gospels and the epistles that which we are submitted to because that is the true expression of the authority of the church and so you know i people are having now probably more than ever before to grapple with these things and they're coming out violently ferociously trying to self-justify themselves because in the hearts of hearts they've got to know that they're wrong.
1: Let me ask you this, um, have you received like any special phone calls from pastors that you're in relationship with, people that you're individuals, yeah. I mean, you don't have to give any names, but people that have called you and said, brother, let's be wise, uh, let's, oh, yeah. let, let, let's be safe, this is not persecution, this is just being smart, uh, have you had those kind of pastors call you, have you had a conversation with them, and how did that go?
0: Yeah and i have and my point is that all of these things about let's be safe is really irrelevant to the issue or let's uh, observe romans 13 which is completely out of context because the person who wrote that wrote that specifically the apostle paul was never run out of a church never shut down a church never quieted himself in the face of everybody telling him he could not speak and so he could also say uh, of Peter, James, and John, and we could also say of Daniel, and we could all, we could go all the way back to the beginning of time. The reality of it is the bigger issue here that I want to confront with pastors is not all of these minor things, but our representation of Jesus Christ. Are we saying publicly that we have no authority in his name to cure disease and sickness?
1: And that the,
0: is the salient point,
1: right? And and
0: and for us to close down our churches and then to recount this idea that we're not, you know, uh, those of us who are supposed to be the church, the cure to the social and uh, moral and physical ills of society, are concerned that we are going to infect someone. Well, my goodness, that is anti-faith and yeah. faithlessness.
1: And did that did that break your fellowship at all? Are you still in fellowship with those individuals? Did that that end uh, that conversation in friendly?
0: No, um you know how it is. Everybody <laughs> I think I that most of these people in ministry they have a respect for me. Um, and they just simply know that I, they just classify me as extreme and as radical and, you know, as very narrow minded. I'm very focused on the Bible and the word of God and I don't allow it to be amended by circumstances or the year 2020.
1: You know, I, I have loved, um, I, you gave, I I, either you gave me a book or I got it somehow the last two kingdoms, a book that you had written, um, that highlighted many of the events that would take place before the second coming of the Lord. And there's been a lot of people that have asked the question, you know, does this have anything to do with the return of Christ or end times? And what do you say?
0: Yeah, no, this, it, this would be really in the category of, of Matthew chapter 24, verse 7, before the period of the tribulation. It certainly does, uh, you know, fit into the description of what happens as we approach that time. You know, the earth and, and all of, you know, the creation is groaning and travailing and within the framework of those things which God allows and those things which he doesn't allow, we have these occurrences of uh, both man-made disasters and, and, and natural disasters. And fortunately, we have fathers sitting in a position, of course, Christ Jesus, as head over everything, over, over principality and power and might and dominion, and nothing makes a move unless he allows it. And so we uh, then we find ourselves here at this time now with, the lord not only holding back disaster because we we can think of so many stars you know from uh you know from a, a a clinical science uh perspective you know i know of, of bioweapons that that could easily be created if they're not created and uh, and we all know of nuclear threats and so many other man-made threats that could exist and father doesn't allow them to occur he's the one And then when we find ourselves in situations where now these various different plagues and various different diseases, um, you know, we're having to encounter them, you know, we can be confident that the church is supposed to shine bright as the light of cure. That, hey, come over here, because I'm certain that we are going to face in the future plagues and diseases that are worse than the ones that were encountered in the past, worse than the bubonic plague, worse than things that have taken place in the past, that it's simply an inevitability that is going to take place, okay? Well, the reality of it is, is look at the the, the power and the authority that the name of Jesus could ultimately come to bear in and be described by and, and witnessed by uh, not only the church, but... For the whole world to see and if we're not willing to step up and participate with uh, the remedy that father has given uh then ultimately we can't shine as a light and we can't be what we're supposed to be in the earth that calling card into the kingdom of god that love of jesus christ described on every level Because I'm going to tell you right now, there are people that are in the hospitals dying of COVID-19 right now. And oh, if there was a church that was willing to stand up on every street corner, as it were, and proclaim this name with the authority that he has given in his name, then uh, the whole world would begin to have at least a view of God's love for them.
1: Thank you so much, Pastor, for coming on and sharing. I love you. I love your church. I love this message. I, During the, the most trying times is when we really see those that put their trust in the Lord. For those that might be in Southern California listening to this podcast, uh, where could they find your church?
0: Uh, well, right now we're having to meet at our World Mission base in San Diego, which is beautiful, 427 acres of land. Uh, but the best thing for them to do, because we've been locked out of all the places we've been meeting. We were locked out. We were renting a school in town. We were also renting a church in town, uh, both. Uh, The educational system locked us out because they've gone on lockdown, probably won't open until um, next uh, school term at the earliest. The church, which was a real heartbreaker to me that we rent from, uh, they they had no price to pay. We alone had the price to pay. They locked us out. It's just crazy confusion. So the best thing for people to do um, is to go to get a map, okay, in Southern California on www. Dot abidingplace.org. and and that says so rather than just be trying to describe or give an address it would be much better to go onto abiding place website which is www.abidingplace.org and uh, get all the information there
1: Awesome. Yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're in Southern California, you're looking for a fellowship where you want to just go and and fellowship together with Pastor Mark and his church. You can find them at abidingplace.org. I would.
0: And listen, listen, also, if anybody's got COVID-19, we'll lay hands on you and you'll get healed. So uh, I'm we're none of us are afraid of COVID-19.
1: Awesome. And
0: so we don't want to leave people in isolation with no care. If you've got, if you're in a home with COVID nineteen, we will come and pray for you. Awesome. And you can get a hold of us through that website.
1: So abidingplace.org is where you want to go. You can contact, reach out to them. If you're in Southern California or in a nearby area and you have COVID-19 or you are sick and you want to have prayer, reach out to Abiding Place, reach out to Pastor Mark and have them and their team come and pray for you. I would also highly recommend the only book that I have of yours, Pastor Mark, is The Last Two Kingdoms. Is that the only one you've done or have you done another one?
0: No, I've done multiple books. Once again, on the website, you can go and get them. And one relevant book right now is The Authority of the Believers. Uh, so I encourage anybody, and we give that free of charge. Anyone can just download it. You can get a hardcover. We'll actually, um, you know, ask you, you know, to contribute something for that. But yeah, uh, www.abidingplace.org, there's multiple books just highlighting the authority of the believer. People need to get that right
1: now. Oh, yes. Okay, great. Yeah, now I can see that. You guys have an online store, abidingplace.org. Pastor Mark, thank you so much, brother, for joining us. Thank you so much for taking the call, and thank you so much for your faith in Southern California and, and just standing strong for Christ. Really appreciate it. Love you, and uh, Love great to talk you to you. Love you,
0: guys. Love you so much, Gene.
1: All right. Bless you, man. Bye. Bye-bye. And thank you for joining us for another Back to Jerusalem podcast. Again, I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Sweden. God bless you.